0: Hello again, everybody. This is Jason Powers. Um, so, so much going on in the world, as we know. Um, there was the Tucker Carlson interview, the Joe Biden 404, can't remember which uh, country I'm uh, supposed to be talking about, or I'll just mix up all three, uh, three separate countries and pull various bits from each one. Into a one minute of uh, speech Um, and obviously was conveniently rolled out because of the fact that it was timed with uh, Tucker talking to Putin. And then, of course, you have uh, SCOTUS was uh, um, hearing the issues uh, before them regarding uh, Colorado's uh, disqualification of Trump. Uh, based upon their their interpretation of what insurrection is and how you reach that conclusion, and and uh, so on and so forth, there that was uh, it. It would appear based upon SCOTUS's uh, um, questioning that uh, that won't go anywhere. about how against what the final uh, ruling will be in terms of numbers, it could probably be anywhere from potentially. I mean. A, a, the worst case scenario would be six, three, I think, uh, I think it'll probably be more along the lines. some people said seven, two, because they don't like to, uh, one judge doesn't like to hang out there, but you never can tell. And then of course the optimal would be nine, zero. But I think if there does wind up being nine, zero, then there'll be, uh, several, uh, concurrent decisions with various nuances offered so that they can, uh, escape uh, seeming to agree with people who uh, they may not want to agree with, uh, you know, so that they can ha- basically have some cover for what their decision is and base it upon something that's totally uh, situational maybe even uh, a very narrow application of uh, that th- that Colorado did meet uh, in the arguments that they had presented. So that's it's just not really where I wanted to go. I guess you know you think about it. This is a supposed. This is a Super Bowl weekend. Um, <laughs> there was a time in my life when that was, this was the biggest weekend or one of the biggest weekends of the year in terms of uh, uh, getting prepared to watch a game. Um, I can remember in the nineteen seventies. I can remember watching the Pittsburgh Steelers play. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, I think it was actually 1980 was when that, that was actually, actually occurred, but that was a 79 80 season. So, and I can remember Pittsburgh was my favorite team, uh, at that time. But of course, that's just being a, a kid and jumping on the, uh, Leia's bandwagon. of course, at that time they were the, the Steelers were the team of the seventies, the 49ers were the team of the eighties. And I became a 49er fan. Actually, the year that they they uh, broke into the playoffs, which had been the first time in a while, I can remember um, uh, for those who uh, follow such sports, <laughs> and the bread and circuses. Uh, now that I can I can look back and, and see how much time was wasted on that, but I can remember watching uh, Freddie Solomon, Dwight Clark, uh, Roger Craig, and of course Joe Joe or uh, Joe Montana. And I think they had Fred Dean over was uh, the defensive superstar that they had. Ronnie Lott, um, they had some they had some pretty, you know, substantial talent at that time frame. So, um, of course, you know, that's the reason why they wound up winning. Uh, was it in 82? I don't even know. It was 84, I think, against the Miami Dolphins. And then they beat the Denver Broncos, and that was, you know, not that I – the thing is is I can remember a lot of things, but then there's a lot of things, of course, as time has gone on, you forget. Uh, I can remember watching Super Bowls in the 90s. I can even remember to the 2000s, but really over the past, you know, 15, 15 or so years, I haven't really, you know, partake, partaken of uh, watching or – being intense, intensely, uh, interested in all the football games, at least not to the standpoint that I did when, you know, when you're, when you're younger, of course. And, um, you know, that comes with life. Um, you know, our activities change. There was a time in my life back in the two thousands, I was more interested in watching the stock market and companies and stuff like that. And, um. You know, there was a time when I, I thought CNBC was really a good programming, and it isn't. But uh, that was a time frame. <laughs> we all go through certain uh, aspects of uh, life, and there's things that we uh, focus on or get interested in for a while, and then eventually we find out how uh, those uh, those particular issues or uh, activities aren't, uh, serving to grow or develop us. Um, not saying that the development has been always very much on my mind, but, uh, you know, just like I spent really from, uh, late 2015 to, well, basically into 2021 working on health and conditioning. And I was doing pretty well with that. Um, in particular up through, you know, to the, to the cusp of the pandemic and then things changed quite a bit though. I, I did work out during the pandemic until, uh, snap fitness, which was the uh, gym that I went to. And I'm not saying snap is anything special, but that particular one I went to, you know, it provided the enough of what I needed in terms of lifting and, and whatnot. And I uh, accomplished some goals that I didn't think I would accomplish at, uh, age 48, 49 that, you know, and this was even given the fact that after two or three years there I, I hurt myself a little bit doing uh doing a deadlift and uh had to dial it back a bit, but I was still, you know, doing okay um physically, uh strength wise. I'm significantly different now than I was then. Um there's some dietary things that I've lapsed in, out of or lapsed into that I would, would rather not uh be in place and um it is my hope here very soon that that might change um and surprisingly enough uh through through some uh you know uh through some connections and contacts that have uh, uh provided me with the potentiality to uh you know move on and uh, do some things that might be very useful towards the fight that we're in I hope we. I hope all people realize that we are in a fight. This is our Super Bowl, by the way, humanity's Super Bowl. Um, it's a Super Bowl that uh, you're not going to get any accolades in the media. You're not going to get a pregame extravaganza or a halftime uh, extravaganza. Uh, many of the things that we're facing are going to be uh, quite. Uh, um, hidden, uh, not focused on, uh, by the people that, you know, we, uh, most of us have been seeking some kind of affirmation for our deeds. And typically, you know, uh, the one affirmation is, you know, monetary, uh, benefit, you know, that affirms that, you know, you've accomplished enough to be paid for your, your, uh, your toil and labors. Um, <clears throat> and also then you can also be, um, benefited by uh, position, uh, titling, and, you know, there's many people that, you know, are, are, you know, happy to achieve those particular titles, you know, moving up in the corporate, you know, world or even not so much even the corporate world, just, uh, you know, go from maybe a small business going from the uh, the person who runs all the sales and, you know, uh, you know, a sales director to, you know, uh, the head of uh, all uh, sales marketing or CFO or, or something along that lines. It just depends upon what the size of the position, the size of the company is. And then you have, you know, the idea that uh, there's also um, moving on to different positions or a different uh, style of consulting or independent, or almost an independent contractor position. Or you know, running, uh, being, um, you know, your own your own boss, uh, which comes with its challenges. Not so much titling or monetary uh, benefit, but uh, uh, achieving or getting a um, a sense of freedom and liberty uh, to do the things that you're good at, or apply the skills that you've acquired over the course of time. Which you know, all of us are. You know, in that position at some point or another where you hope that you've uh, acquired enough uh, uh, various techniques to achieve goals and know how to think and uh, rationalize everything. Um, I was, matter of fact, I was just, I I don't want to get too down off topic here, but the the point of the Super Bowl thing is to say that all these things are going to become very important. How you apply your your training um, towards whatever it is, whether it be communications or physical training, or um, the ability to think creatively, come up with concepts, come up with designs to uh, achieve um, you know some kind of uh, advantage over what I will term as our enemy. Um, in enemy being or our opponent we'll just call it our opponent and our opponent is the people that are not interested in what humanity is and uh, they think they know better for us um, there's a maybe this goes to the the thing I was reading earlier uh, talking about there was a uh, report that came out about the a certain group of individuals and in the cross-section of what they are and what they think uh, in terms of where they locate, what they're paid and all those uh, particular instances of, uh, you know, what drives them to think, you know, the thoughts they do. And, uh, you know, they make over $150,000. They're very urban located and they attend uh, a specific set of schools. We'll just call them the Ivy Leagues and roughly the extension of that with uh, Stanford and Johns Hopkins and something like Georgetown and then, you know, and Harvard, Yale, Brown, and Cornell, and and you get the idea what I'm talking about. These are the the ones that, you know, every parent on the East Coast wants to get their son and daughter or uh, whatnot into uh, because if they can you know, succeed and getting an admission in, in these particular locations. And then they move to a bigger a metropolitan area and then they're paid to, pay to, you know, over $150,000 to do whatever it is that they're going to do, whether it be an investment banker, doctor, or medical professional or a lawyer, or, you know, maybe they're a, a partner in a law firm somewhere and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, all those particular professional classing or are they a computer technologist or, or now, you know, instead of being computer, uh, well, more like AI. Um, But these are all just, just, you know, titlings or uh, specific fields that pay a high dollar amount. But they also, these are people who I would say are typically uh, non-Christian or don't believe in, don't have a particular high uh, value for God or, um, but they also feel like they, you know, they understand science really well and um, based upon their degree and their, uh, this is, goes to uh, uh, their education. So uh, the, uh, what do you call it, paper mills that I would call these universities. And so, yeah, these are these are many of the people that we're up against, especially considering many of these people work inside the Beltway in D.C., and they're the ones who work at these alphabets, uh, at agencies. And, uh, they're just divorced from our reality, for the most part. The ones who are listening to this, and we're not—we di- really are up against these people because uh, they have a different framework from which they operate from. And they're also at your uh, state government level too. The ones, for example, the Colorado case, there was four judges who, uh, you know, made this decision. It was a four-three ruling, and the four judges who made the made the ruling were all of uh, the Ivy League pedigree, you know. And the ones, the three, the three uh, dissenters were all of the public school or public law school, um, you know, in terms of their. Uh, educational pedigree. And something that can be said about that, which I pretty much did. But yeah, we're up against this. And this is a going to be a long year. Uh, The season, you can call it our season. This is our season or winter. Now, winter of discontent or or, uh, the longest yard or uh, dependent upon, you know, whether you're uh, familiar with those things, whether it be the movie or there's a, uh, you know, the, uh, a book that was written about the, um, was it the D-Day landing and stuff like that. And that's what we're looking at. We're going to be facing a very warlike, uh, opponent, um, opponent that will use all the lawfare tricks, all the communications, propaganda tricks, uh, anything to dis- disrupt or Disorganized our society um, looking at our in, uh, I just wrote an article about this uh, uh, border uh, Pima County, um, Arizona and I'm not I I didn't come up with this idea I actually have a piggybacking off of uh, James O'Keefe and and uh, various others who have uh, uh, looked into this uh, operation with uh, Casa Alitas which is Uh, Taking a significant amount of people over the course of 2023 and actually uh, probably under the Biden administration, but various totals, uh, at least 80,000 in 2023. And I think probably like according to one of their um, glossy financial reports, something like 300,000 probably over the course of the last few years. So it's a railhead of a substantial amount of migrant uh, migrant intake. And they, all the way up to the governorship now, they are all in the, all on board of, of uh, making sure that uh, there's very little oversight. And Anybody who tries to get too curious about this situation, they instantly call the, the sheriff of the uh, sheriff's deputy and they come down there and they you know, tell them that they're trespassing. Which is quite, you know, and this has been going on. This isn't just the only place they've done this. They've done this at the border, where if anyone gets too curious around the buses and they 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 try to protect the, they say, "Oh, you're interfering with the migrants," and this and that. no, they're not. These migrants are not better than you. They don't have any extra special rights. You're not hurt yeah. just being there and uh, uh, observing the operation is well within every American's right. Uh, this idea that the government thinks that they can with you know hide or shield or somehow take these people. In. But the reason why they do this, I mean for one thing, they, they, they are treating these uh, they treat them like they' they're you know extra special and that they need to be uh, hustled on to whatever the destination that they have uh, set up for them. And the fact that this entire operation is run by people who, uh, you know, are supposed to uphold the law and that these people, as soon as they cross the border, they're technically breaking the law and not just technically in terms of the idea that. uh, And then, of course, they interview them and they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm a migrant, you know, I'm escaping persecution. And, of course, you know, anybody can say anything. The idea that this is this has always been used as a a cudgel against certain or to to some degree a benefit to certain uh, groups of people that they can instantly claim abuse or victimhood and then whoever whomever they say is the perpetrator of this they automatically uh, uh, put you know substantial barriers up for them uh you know for no, them not to be able to uh, achieve any um, ability to defend their actual position. And of course, in this case we're dealing with you know other countries and since they're coming from all over the place, they can say anything and then there's no there's very little uh, way to unvet that. As long as they say the right things, then they'll be taken in. and that's been pretty much the case. And as long as they stick to their story, um, and of course, that's what they that's why they hustle them onto the bus so they don't have to say a whole lot. And, and also, you know, it just avoids they don't want they don't want anybody being too nosy or observant of this. And then when you see them at the airports, why is it that they get to go through a special uh, line without having to show their identification or that they'll say, well, they don't have identification? Yeah. But everybody else who has to come in through here and fly out or fly anywhere, they have to show, verify, they have to, we're being held to a standard above them. And the thing is, is we're not giving, we're not giving any particular benefit for being a citizen. It's just the opposite. So I'm, I'm just willing on this for a second because, uh, you know, this has been, you know, destructive to Uh, the principles of law, and what's really been destructive is the idea that, for example, SCOTUS in 2020 ruled the way they did uh, regarding, I think it was Title 42, and and, uh, they made it especially difficult to uh, eject uh, persons, and of course, today, was it today or yesterday, uh, James Langford of Oklahoma, who's a senator, was uh, trying to give a presentation and he was making a big deal of how they I watched it. And yeah, he did mention the Biden administration's lack of ability to do what they did, but he made a big focus out of the 2019. Well, that happened right as a, uh, there was this idea of a government shutdown and uh, uh, at that p- particular moment. And they told, you know, there was lots of, uh, Media hype to get you know surge the border get it get across. I think it was right before Title forty two was supposed to come into place, or it may have been tied to COVID. I can't remember which, but yeah, there was an increase under the Trump administration. Um, it was driven by outside forces, and you know it was a, the the idea is is we've had a porous border for so long, and so many people are just. Uh, they they see themselves as good-hearted and empathetic, but uh, they're going to regret all of that because now you've created such a uh, an influx and there's no jobs for them to have, uh, uh, even though here's a fun factoid that most people haven't even uh, gone over, though uh, Zero Hedge did. So just about every new job that has been created has gone to a foreign individual since uh, 2019. Uh, when I say foreign individual, just that's just the way uh, this job statistics is, have worked out. So this is actually to what the Democrats are, you know, they'll say that's to their benefit because they've managed to have, uh, to get what they wanted. And it started, like you said, it started under Trump. So it's not just, I don't, it wasn't substantial as substantially as much in 2019 and 2020, and it's escalated quite quite a bit since, of course, Biden's been in office. But it did happen under Trump. Just to be clear, there, you know, I'm not trying to hide or obfuscate that you know that there has been a significant problem there, and there are people at the lower levels, at the state and obviously the county level who are intentionally circumventing the law and they're intentionally, uh, assisting in this, this, uh, predicament. Um, cause you know, no one, no one's paying attention. They're told, they're told different things. They say, you're not going to get in trouble. Just wait it out. Nobody will investigate you. Go ahead and do it th- this way. We have a, we have a game plan and it's working. I don't know how, Because, you know, their game plan was obviously to get Trump out of the way, so they did. And then it's just escalated since then. And then they've been getting funding. And uh, if you go look at some of the grant operations that have taken place, uh, the ones that I've checked so far, the grants have have been going up substantially since uh, Biden's been in office to fund these NGOs. And they've created a couple of organizations uh, to uh, achieve that goal, the welcome, I think welcome.org and Uh, another uh, subsidiary that they created to achieve that. And, of course, uh, they have a whole host of companies and um, high political, uh, former political officials, including three presidents, U.S. presidents, um, um, Barack Obama and Bush and Clinton that have been supporting it from a refugee, they call it the refugee operation, but the refugee operation has been I think a a cover and a guise for the greater operation, which is to bring in anybody and everybody, Um, and that's really where it goes. So yeah, that's our part of our that's part of our Super Bowl, Uh, because if we don't, you know, as a country, uh, find a way to stop this influx, and and. Get people like a James Langford and the rest of the clowns in D.C. to do their job accordingly. They're not listening to the people. They're not listening to us at all. But that that isn't surprising. That's been going on really ever since under Trump. They've they've uh, circumvented uh, protocols. They've uh, hid things from him. They've intentionally gone out of their way to make it where they don't follow any sense of decorum. They can complain about Trump's doing it, but all that is a lot, I, I would say 80% of that is projection. You know, by the way, if, if you antagonize somebody who, let's just say this, he was uh, the first couple of years for, for certain, Trump was just getting a feel for his position. Let's just face it. He hasn't been in government and our federal government is broken and has been broken So imagine if you're working in a very dysfunctional environment, you're told certain things by people. Some of those things are true and they're supposed to be, uh, when I say some of those things are true. So your advisors think they can not only tell you what they think you need to know, but they don't tell you everything about what you need to know. Uh, When I say about what you need to know, uh, they don't tell you the details or they say, never mind. don't worry about that. You know, it's not that important, but it is important. They've already made the decision that what they tell you is, you know, what you need to know from a president. Now, granted, I don't know how curious Trump is. I wouldn't say he's very, but I think that was a lot of the problem he would. And when he did make a decision, they would pick and choose what part of that decision that they would enforce or uh, carry out. And, and uh, as long as enough optics were, uh, Provided to it, he would think that it was getting done, but the reality was, in many cases, they were countermanding or, or just straight out lying to him. They did that about troop levels, and I think it was a uh, Syria one of his ambassadors did, intentionally just you know lied about that. Uh, it didn't have it didn't have any uh, it didn't bear any negative consequences directly, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, imagine imagine you you're the president you um, you decide you want to withdraw 500 troops from a military base and they, you know, people say, well, you shouldn't do that. And you say, well, I just want to wind down that base and do it the best way possible. And then you, uh, you know, you think it's done and they say, sure, sure. That's what we'll do. And then three weeks later, the base gets attacked and 300 uh, military personnel are are killed. Let's just say just for hypothetical, um, one, the thing that's going to be, you know, obviously you're going to be absolutely furious. You'll be firing aides and whoever the staff and whoever is in charge. And you'll be, you know, questioning why weren't you, you know, why wasn't this carried out the way I stated? And then there'll be a lot of deflectioning and lying. And people will, and then the media will just have a field day and they'll say, they'll blame you for your incompetence, even though you made a decision that would have not caused this problem or it would have been uh, reduced significantly. Um, you've got to go through all those things. And, and that's part of the problem with people who in D.C. have decided that they don't, not only no longer listen to the president, they're just doing whatever the hell they want. And they don't listen to the public either. Uh, and, of course, they just deflect it and they throw it all on the agencies. And, of course, the agencies are totally unaccountable to us. We can't have any say so over what they're going to do. They operate on their they operate on their own schedule and their own uh, agenda, and it's not good, of course. Um, and that's part of the deal with this uh, Super Bowl. We're going to have to get we have to arrest these. Uh, uh, and when I say arrest, we need to arrest these uh, the growth of these agencies and actually reduce them down to is uh, minimal or irrelevancy. I would call it. <laughs> I would say irrelevant we don't need a uh, FBI. We really don't. You have a local police force. You used to have a justice of the peace. Um, you got 3,300. As a matter of fact, there was a, uh, video that I, I need to post, but, uh, uh a, a sheriff was uh, notified by the FBI about all this problem with, uh, all the, uh, infiltrators that have come across the border who, Have uh, safe houses in every state, and uh, don't mean us anything. They they mean us great harm, and it's just a matter of time when something's going to happen. And so, these thirty three hundred sheriff, uh, county sheriffs, are very uh, concerned about that. Albeit, if you want to get down to it, amongst the thirty three hundred county sheriffs, there are some highly political ones that are uh, facilitating all this. That's why I'm. That's why I'm saying with the Pima County one in Arizona, and I would say there's probably all those border counties and and even interior to the state. You need to, there needs to be a substantial overview of these places, uh, particularly to, to determine how much facilitation is taking place. And of course, when you have facilitation at the at the uh, um, at the destinations of these uh, caravans. I won't. I guess you could call them more. Uh, migrant dump offs for uh, uh, the busing. And I guarantee if when you get down to it of those 3,300 sheriffs, you probably have two to 300 of them that are definitely not on board with it or uh, definitely uh, facilitating all this aiding and abetting. And there's no, there's going to be no oversight because there, there is no, the federal government is all on board pushing this. That's one reason. One of the reasons why this uh, the federal government needs to be reined in, and the funding of the federal government needs to be substantially reduced. Which of course means that you're going to have uh, at the federal level, you're going to have at least you know two million workers that that currently are on the doles that are impacted, if not more. There's like two point two, two point three, or something. Maybe it's maybe it's closer to three million. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the state, so it's almost 3 million with the federal, and then there's like 19 to 20 million uh, state workers. And I'm not suggesting that every governmental position is, you know, just terrible. What I'm suggesting is, is that there's substantial layers of management and people that don't have any particularly uh, good purpose, they're redundant. And half of that is uh, the educational system. K through 12 or K through 16, however you wanna put it. Um, so, you know, uh, that area is just abominable. Uh, Could be done better, more efficiently. There's just all kinds of administrators and and lackluster individuals that have no purpose. They push paper and they they work in administration at some of these colleges and in at the school system. They're not doing what they they don't they're not doing anything useful. <laughs> when I say useful, they're not doing anything American. And by American, I mean they're not following constitutional law. Uh, they're not teaching kids to you know in any level really how to behave or think or understand basic concepts. They're teaching them grievance studies. They're teaching them to despise certain groups of individuals. or teach teaching them. To be sexualized at an earlier age they're they're not they're just filling their heads full of garbage but of course that's part of this whole diorama when i say the super bowl of what we're trying to do Um, law and education and politics and all the things that are going on to this is a it's a huge mess and we're going to have to we're going to have to come up with the will and the want to, to take this on and that includes sacrificing things that we've never sacrificed in our entire life or entire country's history. One of the things that I did gather from the, the, if you want to, I guess I'd shift the topic here before I, uh, you know, I'm going to try to wrap this up in 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, they put the Putin interview displayed the talents of Putin's ability to reason and think on his feet. Yes, he was giving a lecture or speech, and he was doing what most dictators do, at least from the standpoint of most individuals in our country who see him as solely a dictator. I see him as a ruthlessly pragmatic, ex-KGB thug. But I use the word thug in a way that, okay, you can be a thug, you can be somebody who's very authoritarian. You can say he's gotten rid of people and, and that kind of deal. You can also see him as somebody who doesn't put up with nonsense. Uh, <laughs> in other words, uh, if push comes to shove, he's going to he's going to make sure that he's going to have the final say. So, and if you cross him, well, then that's that's going to be the end of you. Now, do I know everything I need to know about Putin? No, but I do know he's been in office since two thousand, so he's been there twenty-four years, or going on twenty-four years. Uh, I think he started actually late December nineteen ninety-nine. So two thousand through two thousand twenty-three is twenty-four years. Looking at that, and looking at that time frame, you have to, you have to. Uh, consider that is he is highly experienced. He knows what he's talking about. According to, uh, uh, let's just say he knows what he's talking about when it comes to his own country in terms of its history, as much as he wanted to delve into that, which he did delve into it a lot. He knows who he dislikes, whether it be Poland or Ukraine and who he works with and who he's benefited by, which would be somebody like China or Saudi Arabia. And he knows what the United States is about, or certainly knows what our establishment, elitist establishment people are like. And he sees those people as morally bankrupt uh, with a refusal to um, adhere to certain promises that were made 30 or 35 years ago. If you want to go back to 1991, that's probably basically what he does. And he's used that his his uh, fuel that he couldn't be accepted into the club of the West, and he's used that as a uh, uh, anything that's been done in terms of moving NATO to the east towards Ukraine, and he doesn't even consider Ukraine as a particular. It doesn't seem he doesn't see them as a a, a relevant race or culture. He sees them as just a outgrowth of. Of uh, historical, you know, significance, but not, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't consider them separate from Russia, but you know that's his opinion. That being said, he has a masterful facility when it comes with the numbers and circumstances regarding the United States. Granted, that doesn't mean I like him. That doesn't mean I support all his. <laughs> plans and ideas doesn't mean that I don't think he's a, he's extremely dangerous. He's extremely dangerous, but he's also extremely competent. Unlike our leadership, which is increasingly not only incompetent or traitorous and in, in, in all shades in between, but we have it at multiple levels that are visible to us because we're here. Whereas from what I can gather from Russia, they have a low debt level, their population is doing well, relatively well. Um, even though they're in war with us, they're not, they don't seem, I, from from what we can gather, I mean, the population there is relatively uh, calm about the situation, given the, the fact that they are technically at war. And he has a lot of things going for him. He has the allyship of uh, China, which is a much greater threat to the United States in terms of how well they have embedded themselves into our country and their, their overall agenda, which they do have an agenda. I'm not saying Russia doesn't have one either, but I don't think his was ever conquering. It's more about, you know, maintaining a status quo and benefiting himself and benefiting the population as much as he needs to. He's not completely corrupt. But when I say that, in other words, I don't think he would go out of it. He doesn't go out. I don't think he's out of, going out of his way to reestablish a communistic state. He would, for one thing, he's been there for 24 years. If that was his goal, he would, he's taken a sweet old ass time to do that. That isn't his intent at all. And you may say he has a authoritarian dictatorship. Well, you know, that may be all, that may be very well true. Uh, but is it any different than uh, she's? Uh, uh, dictatorship and why is it that so many uh, business operators in the in the United States has spent oodles and oodles of time in China knowing that you're completely beholden to the state you, you know when it comes to matters of you know any significant importance and plus they're just ripping you off blind but you know that doesn't seem to matter to the globalists meanwhile uh, they're they're afraid to so much as think about going into uh Russia, and that's due to longstanding resentment. They just made a, we've, we've just made a massive strategic error when it comes to geopolitics and Putin knows it in the more and more every day, everybody in America should know it too. Uh, but this is being driven by people that don't like you. They hate your guts. You it's driven by the, it's driven by people that are total hypocrites, by the way, you know. The, the Clintons, for example, I mean, they made a deal with Russia with regards to our uh, uranium. Uranium One is, you know, the New York Times reported on it. It, it. This isn't a secret. And, you know, they benefited from it. So they've made deals with, <laughs> they've made deals directly with uh, the Russia state or Putin or however you want to uh, perceive that. And yet here we are, you know, uh, you know the only part of the part part and parcel to this is the 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 sect I'll call it the sect that is Ukraine and the things that uh Putin mentioned quite a bit it was the denazification. yeah they they do have right hard right fascist <laughs> Naziist uh in Ukraine and we're aligned with them that says everything you need to know about the whole situation so that has to change. If we don't change change this in the future, uh, we're going to lose the Super Bowl in big time. And uh, I think, like I said, he's a pragmatic individual. And if he's anything like Russian history, uh, you know, <laughs> remember Stalin made a pact with, uh, 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 with Germany and they divvied up Poland and then eventually... Uh, the Germans backstabbed that with Operation Barbarossa. And then, of course, you know, they were at each other for the next two and a half, three years. It was summer 42. So, yeah, worked out to about three years. And, of course, that's that's the whole deal. Uh, you know, and Stalin was ruthless, beyond ruthless. And he's probably visibly sociopathic, but, you know. He ruled with an iron fist for what? I forget what the final total was, like 32, 33 years to the mid-50s. <clears throat> I think it's 53. If you remember right. And um, Putin is getting up there in terms of his uh, breadth of time that he's ruled uh, Russia, which is not a small, insignificant though. The part of it that's a really important is relatively small, but there's just lots of I mean, it's just it's ungodly, the amount of real estate. And, you know, he doesn't even have that. He has a large population, but it's not as large as it once had been. And, you know, there's just something to be said for the fact that, you know, it's a different it's a different uh, manner of governance, no doubt. The problem with our governance is our governance is that Congress has empowered agencies to do and be too much, and the enforcement part of it, the president, the president is now just a mere figurehead, which is exactly what these people want, by the way. Um, You can thank Obama probably to put the final stake in that, and by that I mean, and granted, people say, well, look at what Biden's accomplished, look at all these, he didn't accomplish any of this. That's intentional. They want to move. They, they move from one end to the other with this, the extremes, with extreme uh, hatred of Trump to extreme uh, allowance of Biden and his all his, you know, horribleness. And, of course, the Republicans are go right along with it. But the agencies are, you know, they've installed a radical agenda, I. I very early on, and it was a couple of years ago, uh, a gal who, I guess, you know, she worked in the agencies or various ones she did, you know, she had a position uh, that had caused her or from a contractor to overlap with various departments. And she said, yeah, they had changed everything or they're changing everything and it would, didn't make any sense. Um, this was right around the time that Biden had got in there. And so, yeah, they, they've uh, they've thrown out the entire, you know, um, you know rationale behind what this gov- the governance of this country is uh, to put in a fascio communist uh, ideology. Uh, they don't care. They you know, they don't care who they have to intimidate to get what they want. Uh, they definitely don't care about the American people in any way, shape, or form. They're willing to bring in all kinds of people to replace us in various little way. You know, the, the replacement theory is not a fiction. It's, it's being used. It's being used to destabilize. It's being used to, uh, to bring in voters. It's being used to get cheap labor. It's been used, it's being used to, uh, piss off the electorate and potentiality to, cause a great deal of conflict so that they may be able to declare martial law or whatever else could come on beyond that. But certainly it's being used as a weapon against the people by people who are supposed to be protecting the country. And that isn't just Biden, by the way. That's Congress, the agencies, everybody. There's lots of people involved in this. Um, How many of them are overtly like I said, making decisions a lot more than you may think. Um, but certainly some of them will say they're just carrying out orders. <laughs> it's nice how they can get around that. They don't have to carry out those orders, but they've chosen to. But they, by the same token, back, back only a few years ago, if Trump would have made those kind of orders, they would refuse those orders. It, it, it's funny how things can be done that way. And they'll say, well, that's because we didn't find him legitimate. And that's the things. You have people who, you know, they can use whatever mental gymnastics to do whatever they want to. Uh, but they, they don't seem to, you know, <laughs> uh, they certainly don't seem to look at the causes or the, the outcomes or what I would say, the outcomes of their decision making. Uh, or if they do it's dangerous because they, they approve of it. And it's just, it's very damaging. So you're going to have to apply all your skills to make that, uh, to achieve uh, a way to defeat this, your opponent. And so by the end of the year, by the end of 2024, uh, if we don't get this turned around, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough time going ahead. Um, I don't know if it'll be a total collapse, partial collapse, or the chaos will just, just escalate and escalate. But certainly there seems to be an a, 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 uh, intent, of course, with everything else that's on the table that I haven't discussed, you know, whether it be AI, CBDC, all the, the various programs that they're looking to achieve to get, uh, total control of everybody. Uh, but, yeah, we're at the crux. We're at the um, end of the... We're definitely ending a phase here at the end of this election year, so um, buckle up. Um, think a lot. Be safe. Think before you do. <clears throat> and when you do, uh, do um, Do remember that... Uh, The actions you take, maybe you know, can be um, what would you say? They can be misinterpreted by multitudes of people, and yet they can be the right actions. And those actions will, you know, probably will not be beneficial to your your person for. For the foreseeable future, whatever those actions—in other words, you will—you will receive punishment before you may find any kind of, uh, um, what would you say, uh, you know, not only forgiveness but uh, lauding or praising of your actions if you stand up for yourself. It may come a time when that's more important, that you know that your actions will. Carry more weight because you took you t- uh, undertook them under duress, and you did something that was brave, or some people call foolhardy. But uh, nevertheless, you uh, you decided that you weren't going to take it anymore, and you made sure that that was going to uh, uh, you know that was going to be the defining moment of your life. And you may, you know, if you live through it, uh, you, you may take a lot of punishment, but in the end, you're, you'll come out of it. And if people acknowledge it, then you are brave. You have achieved something. So uh, don't be unwilling to do that because that might be the, that's going to carry this country forward as an entity if we're going to carry it forward at all. So I'll leave it there for now. God bless the United States of America and God saved the world.